Welcome to the Today in the World podcast for Friday the 20th of November 2020. I'm your host Uncle K and today a committee writes to the government to make the case for compulsory vaccinations in the UK. French police have been lured into an ambush as riots continue to rage across Europe. Bitcoin still rising as investors dump gold for Bitcoin. And New York Times says the Great Reset is a conspiracy theory on the very same day the World Economic Forum celebrates it. Here's what you missed today in the world. Now, some financial news to start off the segment. Uh... Everyone has probably seen what Bitcoin's been doing. Like, I've been talking about it a lot recently, but I really thought that Bitcoin might crash again because the way it it spiked was crazy. Like, it literally just went up two, three grand in a matter of days. Like, that's like, that's nuts, you know? Um, and, you know, it's, it's started to get quite sticky in that 18K zone, you know? And it's starting to, again, rise quite slowly, which shows you that, it might not be the manipulation that some people were speculating it to be. You know, Bitcoin is a very manipulated market. And those kind of price rises are the telltale signs of a manipulated market. You know, fast up, fast down. But we haven't had the fast down yet. Instead, we're still getting reports of different people that are being convinced to use Bitcoin, um, different people learning about it. And the price is just, you know slowly slowly rising but um this article shows some more news to why people are actually going to to bitcoin this article is from news.bitcoin.com it says Deutsche bank investors increasingly choose bitcoin over gold to hedge dollar risk inflation Dutch's bank strategist Jim Reed reportedly wrote that investors are increasingly demanding to use Bitcoin instead of gold to hedge dollar risk and inflation. His research concurs with one recently published by JP Morgan's analyst that shows institutional investors moving from gold to Bitcoin. Reed noted that Bitcoin is up another 3% overnight and seems to be creating momentum of its own. It's up over 70% over the last six weeks as more and more investors are starting to see it emerge as a credible asset to invest in. Reid recently wrote in the Deutsche Bank's November concept report that in the long term, central bank digital currencies will replace cash. Recently, JP Morgan's analyst also pointed out that institutional investors are moving from gold exchange traded funds, ETFs, to Bitcoin via Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC. Several hedge fund managers have also said Bitcoin could beat gold as a store of value, including famed billionaire investors Stan Drunken Miller, another hedge fund manager, Bill Miller, said that every major bank will eventually have exposure to Bitcoin. Now, I want to know, do you agree with their perception of Bitcoin? Let me know your thoughts. Thank you. Police use water cannons against anti-lockdown protesters in Berlin. This article is from InfoWars, but you've probably heard it from everywhere right now because everyone's been reporting on it. But um, police in Berlin used water cannons on anti-lockdown protesters who were demonstrating near the Brandenburg Gate against new COVID-19 laws they claim are unconstitutional. The new law could codify, sorry, would codify current 
social distancing requirements, mandate mask wearing, and increase the punishment for those flouting the rules. Police turned water cannons on demonstrators as the crowd booed while LRAD sound cannons were also utilised. And those sound cannons um, sound crazy, but, you know, it is some fairly new technology that I haven't seen actually been used before. This is the first time. I mean, they probably have been used before, but this is the first time I saw it on video. And watching them being used, uh, it kind of gets you prepared to how they might be trying to stop us when they try and, you know, start this bullshit down here. Um, not that I'm going to be out here on these streets, but those of you that feel like you might want to, you better know these 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 cannons are nothing to play with. However, um, as the video shows, the size of the gathering was far too large for the water cannons to have much effect. German Chancellor Angela Merkel is actually attempting to make the country's current soft lockdown more draconian, but she does not have the backing of enough state leaders and has delayed the move. Merkel wants people to self-isolate at home for seven days, even if they only display symptoms of an ordinary cold, while limiting social interactions to a maximum of two households. The Chancellor is pursuing the new measures despite Germany's Minister of Economic Cooperation and Development, Gerd Müller, warning that the lockdown will end up killing more people than coronavirus itself, which... Funny enough, what I've seen is, you know, what's actually happened here in the UK. The statistics from the charity Age UK also confirm and prove this same point. But I guess they're willing to do anything to slow down the spread of this virus, even if that means killing innocent people. Crowd sets fires to lure French police into ambush. Article from Infowars. French police came under siege from a large crowd after responding to arson fires in the Paris suburb of Startreville, according to reports. The fires had been set intentionally to lure officers and first responders while a mob of dozens of assailants lay in wait, authorities now say. Once there, the police were assaulted by around 40 individuals who threw various projectiles at them, AQ-17 reports, citing a police source. The police responded with about 15 tear gas canisters and six shots from defensive projectile launchers, LBD-40s. The battle lasted for over two hours with virtually all of the insurgents escaping. Two 15-year-old subjects were taken into custody and have been accused of participating in the violence. Law enforcement have come under similar attacks in the Lyon suburb of Volks en Velin in recent days. Young people use fireworks and other explosives, explosives to bombard a police station as well as patrol vehicles. Videos purportedly from the attacks were shared to social media. Recently, you know, I've been reporting on the legal cases against the government with the Bernician and several other people that are all trying to bring judicial review to parliament. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any updates so far regarding those legal cases, nothing new that I could bring to you. Um, but what I do have is a letter that's been brought to my attention about the case for compulsory vaccination. So, you should be aware at the moment that there are several individuals who have come together to form a committee and have written to the government to make the legal case for compulsory vaccinations. They describe themselves as academics working in the areas of philosophy and law, 
with specialization, specializations in inter alia moral and political philosophy, biomedical ethics, health law, and human rights law. Um, quick shout out to my fellow comrade on the ground who's sending me this story. Um, you guys, you're making everyone's lives a lot easier by just sending me this information straight. So much more efficient than me doing the research. Like, obviously, I'm going to research it, but when you tell me like that, yeah, it helps. It helps. So I need, I need you. I need you guys to survive to, to keep moving. So thank you. Um, the story initially did come from a website. Um, well, sorry, I was linked to a website called weareallnumber6.wordpress.com, but the letter itself can be found on government website committees.parliament.uk. I'm going to break down certain segments of the letter, but it can be summarized as follows. So the point is, if COVID-19 lockdown measures are compatible with human rights law, then it is arguable that compulsory vaccination is too lockdown parity argument. And if compulsory medical treatment under mental health law for personal and public protection purposes is compatible with human rights law, then it is arguable that compulsory vaccination is too. Mental health parity argument. Um, so quick moral of the story here is that the more that, you, that um, we consent to the tyranny going on is the more that we are going to be displaying our collective willingness to be told what to do. Um, so they begin the letter by talking about the need for a vaccine and that vaccine hesitancy is going to undermine the whole operation of, you know, bringing the vaccines and trying to get herd immunity, immunity from them and whatnot. Um, so an interesting assessment for me is because, you know, the mainstream media tends to lead us to believe that everyone believes that these vaccines are safe. And uh, if you don't believe that, then you've been manipulated by some conspiracy theorists, which everyone with a backbone knows is just bullshit. Um, but what is important to note um, is what they say in, in like the small print in the footnotes. They say the requirement to vaccinate need not be exceptionless. For example, it should include exclusions for individuals whom vaccination is likely to be unsafe or, or ineffective. Um, in order to minimize restrictions on liberty, it might also include an exclusion for individuals who are willing to lower their infection and transmission risk through other means. For example, through submitting to lockdown and other mitigation measures. So they're basically saying, yeah, like we know, if you you know submit to lockdown and you want to throw your life away, um, then you don't need a vaccine. Of course, they they want to make it as hard as possible for us to live our lives without having compulsory vaccines. That's the whole point. It's all about control. It's all about power. Um, and the thought here is for is that for any one individual, either compulsory vaccination or other restrictions on liberty may be consistent with human rights law, but not both. That is, should an indiv individual opt for restrictions on liberty, it may be hard to justify compulsory vaccination. So that's just reiterating what I've just said, which is, you know, if you're saying that you don't want, that you're going to accept the restrictions on your, on your liberty, um, then we cannot then also justify compulsory vaccination because you've taken, you know, you, it's like you can't have both. You know, we can't tell you to stay at home and force you to take vaccinations. You have to do one or the other. And of course, everyone wants freedom. So many, many people that don't want vaccines are probably going to be lured to taking vaccines so that they can get their life back. You know, and this is just all hypothetical. This is just a letter at the end of the day. None of this stuff has happened, but we have to be prepared for what could be happening. Um, so yesterday I talked a lot about what you need to be prepared to do, to sacrifice, you know, what you need to, what you need to be prepared to sacrifice if you don't want a vaccination. 
Um, and then their legal analysis of the situation is basically saying the same thing. Uh, yeah, if you don't want the vaccination, then you're not going to be part of society, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I know this may look very doom and gloom for a lot of people, but to be honest, that is just, you know, you're just forcing our hand and a lot of spiritually focused religious people um, are just going to be banding together and thinking to themselves, damn, you're just making this easy for us. Now we can build better communities and we're not mandated to do anything and we can just be the free beings that we are, you know. And of course, they're trying to make us feel, you know, constricted by saying, you know, you're not going to be able to go to your concert, your football matches, or, you know, it's probably going to extend to businesses and stuff like that. But all we have to do is just rebuild those parts of um, society that we need for ourselves. It will take a while, but I'm just saying potentially this could be exactly what we need in order to um, start fresh, start start new. Just depends on how many people are willing to sacrifice it because that's what it's always a numbers game. You know, the more people that consent is the easier it is to roll in the laws. You can see Boris Johnson every day trying to adhere to everyone. You know, one minute he wants to keep the country in lockdown. Next minute he's saying, no, we need to be free. It's not that bad. You know, and politicians are often do that. You know, they're, they're, they're just they they are working for us, the public, at the end of the day. If we keep telling them they can do this stuff, they're going to keep on allowing their advisors to influence them to make these crazy draconian decisions, you know? Um, but interestingly, also, whilst making their argument for the compulsory vaccines, um, you know, their argument saying that compulsory vaccines doesn't don't break human rights laws, they make reference to the case of Simon Dolan, um, who I spoke about this case uh, a couple of episodes ago, maybe it was yesterday, I can't remember, I don't know, I'll do this too much now. But he is a UK entrepreneur who is making the case saying that the government has acted illegally, illegally and disproportionately over the COVID-19 lockdown. And they're basically saying that the court did not grant the judicial review to challenge the, the legality of lockdown on public law human rights grounds, which is what his case is all about. Um, further you know, they're trying to further strengthen their position by referencing the fact that his case wasn't allowed, you know, it was thrown out, blah, blah, blah. So this strengthens our position to also impose compulsory vaccinations. You know, it's not breaking human rights laws. Um, but what the letter does not mention, however, of course, is that the courts of appeal have agreed to hear the case of, of Simon Dolan again. And so until a ruling is made in the court of appeal, it would be misleading to use that case to strengthen their argument because the case really isn't over. It's ongoing. Um, their ending point is that it is arguable that if lockdown restrictions are compatible with human rights law, so too is compulsory vaccination. Current public health law rules out medical treatment, including vaccination, but permits extensive restrictions on personal activity, such as free movement and association. The law privileges the interest in bodily integrity over other liberties. Usually when I report on the Great Reset and all of the things that it brings with it, I'm sure, I'm sure it brings like a lot of frustration to the surface and anger, maybe even tears. But this story hopefully is going to make you laugh a little bit. So on the same day that the World Economic Forum heralded the Great Reset as a positive way to build future resilience to global risks, the New York Times declared the entire thing to be a conspiracy theory. How wild is that? 
you have the World Economic Forum talking about the Great Reset, and you still have people like, you know, whole agencies, journal, like, what? What? Yeah, you're going to say it's a conspiracy theory when the man just said it. Come on, man. That If that's not blatant fake news, I don't know what is. You know, so the title of the article, um, this is from Summit News. It says, New York Times says, Great Reset is a conspiracy theory on same-day World Economic Forum celebrates it. The New York Times was apparently upset that The Great Reset was trending on Twitter and published an article declaring it to be a baseless conspiracy theory about the coronavirus. So that was their first line of defense, you know what I'm saying? They saw the attack. Oh, everyone's talking about The Great Reset. People are waking up. Let me see what I can do. Let me write an article saying it's all conspiracy and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, I wonder if they even knew that the World Economic Forum were actually doing their thing that day, you know, because that it just looks really bad on them. The article continues, in reality, the WEF, NGOs and world leaders have for months been hyping the need to exploit the opportunity, in the words of Justin Trudeau, provided by the pandemic to achieve the Great Reset. So they're blatantly saying what it is, you know, the pandemic is allowing us to achieve the Great Reset. The New York Times report mentions Trudeau, but I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Otherwise, I just sound like a pleb. But that's what it sounds like to me. But um, they, the New York Times buried the fact that he had openly labelled COVID-19 an opportunity during a UN conference call. You know, on the same day, the Times asserted that the issue was a fever dream of far-right internet commentators. The World Economic Forum itself celebrated the Great Reset as a way to build future resilience to global risks. The New York Times report then calls it an unfounded rumour that elites are using the pandemic to impose their global economic control on the masses, despite the fact that Davos globalist Carl Schwab, who I spoke about in a couple, a couple of episodes ago, specifically announces this very agenda in his recent book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. As we previously highlighted, Schwab also openly endorses a technocratic dictatorship whereby people would accept implantable microchips that can read their thoughts as well as brain scans to be allowed to travel. The New York Times then evidently contacted both Twitter and Facebook in an attempt to get information about the Great Reset removed, but Twitter refused to do so and Facebook didn't respond. So in other words, in its attempt to persuade people that the elite aren't pursuing a nefarious Great Reset, the newspaper of the elite lobbied to have information about this conspiracy, which doesn't exist, removed from public consumption. Mad. I mean, the only reason I thought I'd report on this, other than just to have a laugh, is to just highlight, you know, how ridiculously desperate the establishment gets, you know, in trying to hide the obvious truths about what's going on they are really starting to look quite ridiculous. And it's only a matter of time before a lot more people start to, you know, bells start to ring in their head, light bulb starts to, to pop up in their brain and they start to actually realise what's going on in their world. So that's all I've got time for today. I hope you have a good weekend. It's Friday. Enjoy it. You know, fuck this lockdown. I know, excuse my French, but, you know, they want you to be upset. They want you to be depressed. They want you to be like, come on, give me a vaccine. Let me go back outside. But you need to raise up your spirits and bond that. You understand? 
Um, but I've got something for you guys to look forward to, hopefully. Uh, next week, I've got uh, one of my good friends sitting down with me talking about crypto. You've got that to look forward to. That's going to be a bonus episode. It's not going to be part of the weekly stuff that I do. Um, I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions um, about crypto that maybe I can ask, uh, send me a message on Insta or Facebook or however you've got my contacts. Um, and yeah, let me know because I want to make sure that I address all topics and we cover all things. You know what I mean? But other than that, enjoy the weekend. Have a good one. Good night.